0: Hello, and welcome to Head & Heart, a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. My name is Katie, and I'm here with my best friend and co-host, Frankie. Hey, guys. How's it going? What is up, everyone? Oh, I accidentally talked over you. Let's try that again. <laughs> it's okay. What's up, everyone? <laughs> it has oh. been chaotic in our lives. I'm preparing to go abroad to the UK. Frankie had a wedding, and then she has, like, 10-hour work days coming up. It's been insane, so this is kind of our, you know, last hurrah before (laughs) it's probably going to be a lot longer between episodes again. But we got to episode 16, which is awesome! Ah! And Frankie, what are we talking about today?
1: We are going to be discussing all of the found family dynamics in Keepers of the Lost Cities!
0: That's right, because if this series is about anything, it is about found family and familial love. So, oh my goodness. I mean, obviously the main one is Sophie. Also, disclaimer, um, I was out in the White Mountains for over 12 hours yesterday. I woke up at 5 a.m., didn't get home till midnight, and I woke up this morning with a super dry, scratchy throat. So, if I sound a little rough, that is why. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have tea with me You know, sometimes we drink alcohol Sometimes we drink tea um, Sometimes, themselves. the
1: <laughs> one time we drink alcohol <laughs> The one time
0: <laughs> So, you know Yeah, if I sound a mess If my voice sounds really rough um, That is why But I feel it was like- super fun To get out in nature yeah. And, you know, kind of explore My homeland a little bit before I leave
1: hmm I feel like the next time we drink alcohol should be for the quizzes episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting, but, um...
0: Based on how the quizzes episode on the Zutara podcast went, we're gonna need it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, found family. There, it feels like almost every pseudo-relationship in these books is a found family. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. Besides, like you said, Sophie with Graydon Edeline, obviously, and that's a found family. Like, Tam and Lynn have a found family. Keith has to find a found family in the Vackers, and then eventually in, like, Elwin and Sophie and Row, and, like, Biana and Fitz losing Alvar and clinging to other people. Like, everyone, almost everyone has a found family in these books in some way or another. Forkel with all the kiddos.
0: Right, they're all a found family. It really... It's really beautiful, to be honest, to see how Shannon Messenger believes so strongly that family is about love and your bond, and not about blood,
1: blood ties. Yeah, because Sophie, you know, Sophie te-
0: and Amy.
1: I was gonna say not Sophie technically technically as two adoptive families. Like technically, Sophie has two
0: because yeah.
1: I'm glad we were on the same which wavelength there. Which comes into
0: play with Keith a lot, where Sophie actually feels guilty, because she's like, I had these two loving families who took me in and care about me, and he has no one.
1: Yeah, which is, it's um not survivor's guilt, but, you know, along the same lines of, like, you know, oh, I have this, yeah. and they don't. And even though it's not her fault, like, you feel guilty by association. <laughs> which is very common.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, it's like I don't know. I don't know what you would call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I it's obviously not survivor's guilt. That's a very different guilt, but that's the closest thing I could like draw a comparison to because I'm not sure. Right. It's like guilt by association, I guess. Um but These poor kiddos. It's so
0: good they have found family because they all go through so much. I know. And even like you know, Keith having an initial fan family because his true blood family sucked even f- since before the series began. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of losing them to an extent and losing his friendship with Fitz.
1: Uh, Katie is um has finished you finished the series, right? You finished your reread. No, I'm still on Legacy. Okay. Well, anyways, both of us um, around book seven in the hospital when it's Fitz talking with Keith, Um, when I was rereading it, I sent a rant video. Katie just reread the scene. She sent me a rant text uh, when Fitz is just going out of his way to make comments about Keith and jibes at Keith when Keith already feels guilt ridden and. And, uh, yeah, that's, that is when my dislike for Fitz really like starts hitting me. It's like, oh, he's like, I don't dislike him in the first like six books. Like, he's fine. And then you get to that scene and you're just like, shut
0: up. And literally, no, I absolutely agree. And I'm trying to pull it up here, but.
1: My comment my, in the video I sent you, I'm pretty sure it was along the lines of, can you imagine a worse best friend? Except there was swearing involved. Can you imagine <laughs> a worse best friend than this? Um, yeah. And so that's when that found family starts to splinter for Keith. Like even before then, like book four is when it starts splintering. And then Alden's whole comment to Keith. Which we've talked about in depth is when Ke- the other part of Keith's found family starts splintering. Like poor Keith, he he had a horrible upbringing, found a family in the Vackers, and that's all been pretty much obliterated at this point. Like his relationships with them, they all feel tarnished in some way or another, except for his relationship with like Biana and Della. But even with Bianca, I was
0: gonna say the girls. Yeah, but
1: even with Bianca, there's some awkwardness there because Keith was very aware of her crush for him for a long time. Hopefully, that'll like help. That'll bleed out a bit as you know Keith gets with Sophie. Bianca probably gets with Dex. Hopefully, that awkwardness will fade out, and she really will just be like a little sister to him. But like, right. poor Keith and his found family that <laughs> just keeps splintering.
0: Ugh, oh, I know. Thank goodness he has Ro and Sophie. But yeah gut-wrenching to see him in so much pain in book seven because he knows that he just can't get what he wants (laughs) he loves this girl and she chooses someone else temporarily which is which is her choice that temporarily but it's so hurtful for him but he does the bigger thing and lets them be happy Mm -hmm. and doesn't say anything But for him, he is just dying inside. And then there's that freaking conversation with Alden that we have covered extensively at this point on the show that just rubs salt in the wound.
1: And all of Fitz's comments, and I know Fitz is going through something at this time, like, he did just have an extremely traumatic experience. An extremely traumatic experience um so it's understandable why he'd be lashing out, but it's still like he's so mean to Keith in a way that he can't even hide behind. Like he tries to say, sorry, I didn't mean that, but Keith knows he meant it and stuff like that. So it's just Ugh it's all a bag oh. of awful
0: <laughs> Yeah, fits. In book seven, I believe it is, and I, I pulled out the text so I can quote it directly, <laughs> he says, Fitz rolls his eyes, sometimes I wonder why we're friends, and and then a few sentences later, Keith goes, it's because I make everything better, like giving Sophie the pendant that helped the never find her, Fitz snapped back. Like, are you kidding me? I posted this to the Instagram stories of the podcast account, and I was like what an asshole. (laughs) It's like, I understand Fitz is lashing out because
1: he's angry and he just went through a very traumatic experience where he was severely injured, almost died, tortured, basically, because of the pendant. I understand that he's lashing out because of this, but it doesn't make it any less irritating because it's like, you know, Keith, how Keith feels about everything that happened with The Never Seen. Like, you understand this, and so to keep, like you said, rubbing salt in the wound, like, I, uh, <laughs> it just,
0: I, I don't, it's so they're frustrating. not best
1: friends. They are not best friends. They are not found family no. anymore.
0: And if, that's why I texted you. I was like, sometimes I wonder why we're friends. You're not. Ugh. <laughs> uh, like,
1: you and I have had arguments. We have had, um, fights that have gone on for a little bit as best friends. I feel like if you are best friends with someone, that's going to happen, right? Yeah. But you then, we have never then like seen something that has severely like hurt one of us, or if one of us has made like a, a bad decision, we have, we don't go out of our way to poke at that spot with each other if anything we try yeah. to like we try to avoid let it, it heal yeah uh i can't imagine like me having a deep deep rooted like insecurity about a choice i might have made and then trying to get over and then you continuously like poking fun at that choice that i made that maybe wasn't a right one like oh my god because no,
0: that <laughs> just makes you a jerk Ugh. Or in this context, me a jerk, right. so <laughs> right. is what well, I vice mean. Versa. Like, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just and it's so heartbreaking to see because everyone else gets a solid found family, and even Keith isn't as close with Mister Forkel as some of the other kids. I like, think Keith's very close with Mister Forkel. I don't know. I
1: think he is very close to Mr. Forkle. I think he's after Sophie, honestly. I don't know if I agree with that.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Because I don't really see it.
1: I I mean, my reread isn't as fresh as yours. But Mr. Forkle, like, goes out of his way to look after Keith. When everyone's, like, badgering on Keith about the never seen, Forkle's one of the ones who's like, let's give the boy um some slack here let's do this he's the one who i believe t- has some conversations with keep about his abilities and not wanting to be like his father and understanding that and i don't know i think we've seen a lot of scenes with Forkel and keep especially like when one of the forkles dies and he specifically asks keep to take care of sophie and then keep does and they have another great scene when the other mr forkle okay. commends him for that I don't know. I've just, I've always thought that Mr. Forkel has been like a great, uh, like, not role model to Keith. More, he's more of a role model to Sophie, but like, he's always been there for Keith, I guess, is yeah, what I've always no, seen. Yeah, no, I don't
0: disagree with that. And I get what you're saying. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Cause I, compared to the other kids, like, I think Forkel prefers Keith over Fitz. He prefers Keith oh, over yeah. Viana. So, yeah.
0: I was more comparing to Sophie when I oh, well, said yeah. that, saying, like, he's not as close, like, he doesn't have what Sophie has still.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Sophie and Mr. Forkle have a great, like, grandfather-granddaughter
0: <laughs> relationship. Yes. yes, they do. And like I said, Sophie actively, and this is where, like, I feel like it's true love because they're so aware of each other's situations, and... To an extent, their emotions. Keith is very aware of Sophie's emotions. Obviously, he mm-hmm. can't help it. And yeah. deep down, Sophie is very aware of what Keith is going through, even though she pretends to be oblivious about the romance stuff. Yeah, it just it shows how much they care for one another. And the fact that Sophie acknowledges guilt that she has all these adoptive found families that love her, and Keith has no one. You keep hitting your mic. (laughs) I know. I'm talking with my hands. I'm a Uh, crazy Italian.
1: I know. Sophie's found family, like, if I had to make a web, like, a diagram, it would be all over the place. Because, you know, she is the main character. And yes, usually the main characters, if there is a found family trope running throughout the books, the main character has the most, like, if you look at Percy Jackson, he has Grover, Annabeth uh nico like talia eventually like if you look at main characters with a found family trope like they do have a lot but sophie has a lot for even a main character like edeline and grady her other two parents amy mr forkle her friends her friends have parents that she becomes very close to alden and della in a way are another like pseudo parents to sophie like sophie has so many people that you could consider found family for her, Elwyn. Elwyn is like an eccentric uncle to Sophie. Yeah. She has she knows that Orley is her mother now, which will probably we'll see come to fruition even more in the following books. Like, there's such a ring of people
0: around Sophie. There really is. And what Keith has in comparison just it's so tragic and so sad. You know what I mean? The fact that he in the fact that he stays with his father for Sophie with that toxic family.
1: Thank God, God
0: he has just, Ro. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Thank God he has Ro. Uh, because, like I don't, we've
1: talked- I don't think he would
0: have I don't think he would have gotten to Sophie and Fitz in quotations getting together. And I do put that in quotations because Sophie never freaking reciprocates it. <laughs> just saying Other people use the word boyfriend and girlfriend, and Fitz uses it. She doesn't. She never says it. No. I don't know if I caught that my first time reading. Yeah, and she denies it for a long time, because she's deep down not comfortable with it. And I don't think that Keith would have gotten through that pain without Ro. Especially since he, like we said earlier... Did the big thing and you know stepped aside.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ro's such a good like big sister role model for Keith. It's so cute. Even though I did say last time that I wish she had more of her character fleshed out, what she does for Keith is great. Except sometimes she can overstep and it can be like, oh my god, row But like for the most part, everything Ro has done for Keith. Even in book six, when Keith was totally sidelined from everything, I feel like it would have gone absolutely insane if he didn't have someone else to like talk to and make fun of, like he did with Ro.
0: Right, right. And there is <laughs> there is one part where <laughs> Ro kind of oversteps, but I am totally on board with it. <laughs> and that is where she goes on her rant about fits. The Sophie and Keith, and goes. No, I can't take it anymore. Both stalked toward Sophie and tapped on the nose with a callous fingertip. I repeat, yes, your captain, perfect prince would be jealous. He scraped together to get. The- oh my God, I can't talk. He scraped together the courage to get all sherry about his feelings and now you're ignoring him and being all mysterious about why and telling everyone who asks you that you're not dating him. And I'm not saying that's a bad call. Trust your instincts. Hopefully, they'll lead you out of the oblivion. But in the meantime, count on your teal-eyed Wonderboy feeling a little insecure, particularly if he finds out you're spending a lot of quality time with other dudes. And you know what? That's good for him. We all know that that boy could use a little help in the humility department, so make him sweat a little. And you, she spun back towards Keith, need to stop being so afraid. I love that. She's totally overstepping a boundary right there. Yeah. Totally. But that's the one time that I'm okay with it because she's so freaking spot on.
1: Yeah, the whole, um, I don't have the context around this. What is the context around this? Because I haven't reread this part.
0: Sophie is, is spending all her time with Keith at the beginning of Legacy and ignoring Fitz.
1: Okay. That's
0: the context. And she's saying this to Sophie and Keith.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty long rant. Yeah, and Sophie, um, as Rose said, Sophie should take all the time she needs to consider her feelings, but if she and Fitz are technically dating, then she needs to be able to talk to him so Fitz doesn't, like, see that she's ignoring him. You know, like, this wouldn't be on Fitz if, like, th-
0: miscommunication happened here because Sophie should be the one
1: to talk to right. Fitz about
0: this. but that's not what Ro is saying here. She's saying, because you're doing this... Yeah. Count on him being a little jealous and a little, you know... <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, especially because it's with Keith. Even though I don't think... Fitz would have a right to take it out on Sophie if he's jealous. Like, it's just all communication. It's all communication that isn't happening, like Ro said. And then Keith, stop being so afraid. Poor Keith. God, there's just a mallet I that know. comes down on that kid's head every single day. Ugh,
0: Give him a but, proper found family, a loving family. Maybe he'll find one in the Lost Cities. Oh, sorry, honestly, the Forbidden Cities.
1: Okay, the funniest thing for me. Was when Keith was with the Neverseen, and he's with Alvar, and like Keith always says that like it was gross. He hated it, and yes, I get that. But I also feel like there's no way you spend months with people and don't develop some sort of care for them, like Keith with yeah. Alvar. Like Keith with Alvar specifically, who he's always seen as like a bigger brother, and now he's hanging out with Alvar all the time, living in the same room with Alvar in an incredibly stressful situation. Like, it's weird, but I was almost like, "There's Keith must still have found family bonds with Alvar specifically in book seven before everything else goes wrong with Alvar." But like, to specifically with Keith, I've always found that very funny. That I was like. Oh, what would Keith's found family be? Oh, the never seen? Which it isn't. It isn't, but it's like, you know what I'm saying there? There has to yeah, be some I sort do. of bond that was built That's
0: there. That's the found family opportunity that he's been given, been handed in life. Right. And it's like, this poor kid.
1: Compared to everyone else, he was thrown into like the pits of hell, basically, and was like, Make do, <laughs> make do with Alvar, make do with Alvar, and Alvar but, treated him better than Fitz, almost, like, is that weird to say?
0: Like, no, he Alvar- did, he absolutely did, Alvar liked him, I. Fitz doesn't don't... even freaking like him anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't see it, but, um, yeah, to go back to we should probably focus a little bit more on Sophie's found family. I this know because so she's much. like
0: the main one.
1: <laughs> Grady, Edeline, and Sophie is one of the best found family situations I've ever read. It's so uh, cute.
0: It's I so wholesome. wholeheartedly second that.
1: Like I'm honestly trying to think of a book where there's been like adopted parents like this, and they get so fleshed out, and their relationship with the protagonist gets so fleshed out. And I don't know if I can for, like, this specific narrative of being adopted and then truly, like, finding a home there. I don't know if I've seen it in literature.
0: Oh, like Sophie this. makes comments about being adopted and how much it means to her when she has to stop wearing the Rowan family crest. Yeah. When she becomes leader of Team Valiant, she is really bothered by it, and she makes a comment, like, still wearing that crest meant a lot to a girl who had been adopted. Shannon Messenger is incredibly aware mm-hmm. of the story, found family story that she's writing. Yeah. Incredibly aware. And
1: she's writing it well. Found family is one of the best tropes if you do it right. Found family yes. is so important. It will always be one of my favorite tropes. I, I think every story I've ever written has found family in some form. I think yours do, too. Found yeah. family can be so incredibly powerful if you do it correctly, and she is doing it correctly.
0: Yes, absolutely. I feel like she... I feel like, honestly, that was her mission when she set out to write this series, mm. was to tell a good fan family story. I feel like that was the, the mission statement. Yeah, because it's such at the heart, at the core of every single book. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Sophie with Grady and
1: Edeline. We've said this before, too. It's all of the relationships are fleshed out because she gives them time. She gives them quiet moments to be fleshed out. Sophie with Alden, even though I'm not Alden's biggest fan. Sophie with Della. Sophie with Mr. Forkle. Sophie with Elwin. Sophie with Tam and Lynn, Sophie with Biana and Dex, like, all the people who aren't love interests for Sophie, so Keith, fits Dex a little bit, she does so well at showing what kind of familial, (coughs) excuse me, she does so well at showing what kind of familial bond they have and how it grows.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's just like my catchphrase for the day, apparently. Just responding absolutely. to what you say. Yes, absolutely. Um, but you're you're saying a whole bunch of stuff I agree with, which I appreciate you saying it and letting me react, what you know, <laughs> saying what I'm thinking because my throat is killing me. But Yeah. But um Frankie was like, Let me do most of the talking this time when we started this episode. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Katie's been going through it. So I was like, I can I can talk more if I need to. It's fine.
0: Because normally I never shut up. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, goodness. Can we talk about Mr. Forgul with Tam and Lynn? And also, like, even Grady and Edeline, to an extent, take in Tam and Lynn. Like, yeah. They get a fantastic found family after and multiple outlets of support after being alone for years. hmm And they show gratitude for it, both Lynn and Tam. Tam is very aware of what he has been given, as is Lynn, and they're so grateful for it. Uh, it's so cute. They were
1: also what I was going to bring up next. We're really on the same wavelength today.
0: With We are.
1: <laughs> all the topics. But, um, yeah, I know. Uh, especially for two children who have been isolated since they were little. And for Mr. Forkel, who knows exactly what that's like, just to a more extreme extent. Right, because, to an even
0: more extreme extent.
1: Right, to take them in and show them love and they live in the tree houses and have their own rooms and it's, it's so heartwarming that this is yet another, like, show of not adoption, but almost, like, fostering, in a way. Not to do a pun on Sophie
0: Foster, but, um... I know. Isn't <laughs> but, that a verb? Now, though, Keith made it a verb for almost dying. <laughs> <laughs> You're right.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, like, and Forkel himself with found family. Like, he said that he had just him and his brother, pretty much, for the longest time. And so then they found the collective, and they found their goal, and they think of the collective almost as their family, and so it's all like mm-hmm. a cycle, almost. It's a cycle of, like, almost because of how the elf world is structured, you almost need to find found family if you're a talentless, or a or an outcast, or you're an exilium. I feel like you almost need right. to find found family. So for the Forkles, they make Sophie, and then they find Tam and Lynn, and then... Sophie has a bunch of found family. Sophie helps Keith. So it re- it feels like a huge Des has found family cycle. in his
0: friends. Yeah. You know, after a life of his family being looked down upon and eating lunch in his alchemy session because he had no friends, he finds a bigger support group. Yeah. All of these kiddos do. Biana continues to strengthen her found family. Even Team Valiant come together and Mm -hmm. form their own little found family and bond outside of their other friendships, including Stina.
1: Yeah. And Wiley, in his own right, has had to have multiple found families.
0: Yes, he was adopted too. He understands Sophie almost better than anyone in that way.
1: They're such good mirror images of each other, you know, like two sides of the same coin, Sophie and Wiley. I don't know. There's a lot of similarities. In their personalities. And then there's also a lot of differences. Like, they balance each other out really well.
0: Very well. They are, like, the perfect sibling duo. Even visually, like, the fair-skinned blonde girl and then, you know, the darker-skinned black-haired boy. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like, you know, opposites, but the same. Mm -hmm. They cancel each other but support each other at the same time. Like, Like, it's really cool.
1: Sophie's maybe more reckless attributes I feel like Wiley has the level-headedness in those situations you know like it they just balance each other out really well I hope we, we're probably going to see even more of it in the next two books and he'll become like a true big brother figure for yeah, Sophie. Yeah because we've
0: only had Team Valiant for three quarters of a book.
1: Yeah. Which is and- insane
0: to think about.
1: And Biana and Sophie with their their sister bond, which is so yep. cute. Uh, and Della. It's just, oh, there's so much. Literally, you can point to most any character, and there's a found family somewhere with that character.
0: Besides Fitz, to be honest.
1: That's why I say, like, Fitz in the first couple, like, Keith and Fitz are each other's found family in the first couple books. Like, the brother that... They never really had, or, like, Fitz had Alvar, but he was a lot older, you know? And he was whereas, never
0: close with Alvar, even before he betrayed them.
1: Right, so, like, they were each other's found family, and then, yeah, after, like, book four-ish, that really just all comes undone. I mean, and you're right, I don't know who else I would consider Fitz's found family besides, like, Sophie and, like, the collective. It's not to an as strong as
0: for the other characters. For all the other characters.
1: Yeah, like Fitz doesn't have the strongest bond with Dex, I don't think. He doesn't have the strongest bond with Tam or Lynn.
0: <laughs> uh, you say that as we ship Fitz and Dex so hard on the show.
1: <laughs> I ship their potential. I ship yes. their potential because I see it and I see where the relationship started. No, I agree.
0: Now. I agree. I yeah. agree.
1: But as it is in canon, like they don't have the strongest bond. Like Dex is another one where like his bonds are really with like Sophie, Bianca, Keith. Yeah. And then that's all you really see with Dex for And that's why
0: we say it's a famine ship, not a canon ship.
1: Right. Unless there was a a in another world. Yeah. Right.
0: In the last two books.
1: Yeah, unless there was a lot of development with Fitz and Dex in the last two books somehow then it's never going to be, like, what we would consider a canon ship. And we don't just say canon ship, guys, as in, oh, this happened. This is going to happen. We say canon ship as in it's plausible. As in it is plausible as a canon ship. Whereas they are not right now. They are a fanon ship. But,
0: yeah. (laughs) Like, Fitzley is still a canon ship. It was canon for a little bit to an extent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or
1: even, like, dexiana right now is a canon ship because there's a high plausibility it will happen even though
0: they're not actually canon i would even consider even though it's not my preference tam and beyond to be more of a canon ship than fits and and decks at this point yeah
1: yeah especially because there's been
0: little hints at it a, a new little love triangle happening there
1: yeah, there's so many love triangles in this, too. Like, with the found family, and then on the other side of that, you have so many love triangles. It's like, you're all found family, and yet, because <laughs> it's all of Sophie's found family is the thing. They're all Sophie's found family, and then all right. of her found family has love triangles with each other. It's very strange, but it's also kind of funny.
0: It gives off major Harry Potter vibes with Harry dating... Ginny and then Ron and Hermione getting together and like yeah <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> I was waiting family. for that to click for you you were hesitant for a second but you were like yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well my hesitance comes more from the fact that there's just like the Harry Potter ships in general I've never been like I was never diehard any Harry Potter ships, really. Me
0: neither. Definitely not in the movies. Maybe more so in the books.
1: Absolutely not the movies. Like, in the movies, I was almost like, why are Harry and Luna not a thing? Their chemistry was just so much better, in my opinion. It was in
0: the movies.
1: In the movies, than him with anyone else. And then in the books... I did like Ginny and Harry a lot better in the books, but I still was never a shipper. Because I like
0: Ginny better in the books. Yes. Ginny was one of the worst parts of the movies, and it's not the fault of Bonnie Wright.
1: Oh, no. It's the writing. It's the direction. It was awful for Ginny. But yeah, like just in general, Harry Potter ships, books, or movies- I never got, like, I was never a Ron and Hermione fangirl, like, I just didn't care. I enjoyed
0: them, but I never got seriously into it. They were never OTPs for me, except not like Percy Jackson, where Percibeth was like, my shit. I probably shouldn't cuss, but.
1: (laughs) Percibeth will forever be probably my favorite
0: relationship just because of the nostalgia factor the trailer came out yesterday at d23 Uh oh my god i
1: know okay but we're not talking about um, no we're not we need to start a
0: general podcast where we can talk about percy jackson talk about all our other loves talk
1: about just everything talk about fandom in general (laughs) it's a hodgepodge we really need to we have so many um, fandoms, so many thoughts with so many fandoms, but... um, Yes. Yeah, the shipping, I, I find the shipping in KOTLC much better than the Harry Potter ships, I guess, is where that was going. Like, it just yes. feels... It's more fleshed out, it feels like.
0: It is. It really is. And,
1: and it's everyone's so cute together.
0: It's more of a focus, too, but not in a bad way, and it's given the full time to develop way yeah like the love
1: triangle has never been the focus of these books
0: at no. all no but it's fully fleshed out so you actually care about it and get invested right because it's
1: been eight books so if it wasn't fully fleshed out at this point then something's wrong <laughs>
0: like <laughs> true it has even more time than harry potter well actually there's a lot more on each page in harry potter so i don't know which yeah. is longer
1: uh, because I there's not a lot, as thick this. as the
0: books look, there's not a lot on each page of KLT. The font books. size
1: is different. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's bigger, yeah. And spaced out bigger. Yeah. I don't know, I'd have to look up the total word count.
1: Yeah, that's the only way to do it. Okay, well, while we are on the subject again, <laughs> after we've gotten off this latest tangent, um, let's talk more about Sophie and Amy. Because I feel like we haven't hit, like, She thought they were biological sisters for 11 years. Like, yeah, just because she has a new family. I feel like that doesn't make Amy found family. That makes Amy family, because she's had Amy forever.
0: No, literally, for the majority of her life.
1: Like, if I found out tomorrow that Casey and I were not biologically related, it would change absolutely nothing.
0: Agreed. If I found (laughs) out that Taylor and I weren't... I already have a half-sister, and I consider her a full sister. Right. Like, you grow up with people,
1: unless something awful changes overnight to ruin your relationship. Like, that, and even if it does, it doesn't change that you're still sisters. Like, maybe you need therapy, which both of these girls should absolutely be in, but... <laughs> um, yes. Everyone in these books needs therapy, Well, we've said that mm-hmm. before, so... But it doesn't change that bond in that she's not even found family. She's just family that Sophie had to find again after the, like, two years they spent not being able to talk to each other. Like, they had to rekindle that relationship, but so it was found again in a way, but they're forever going to be sisters.
0: Right. And I think it's really important to give Sophie that anchor back to her original family who remembers her. I think that was a very smart choice.
1: Yeah. It would have been too much if she forced Amy to forget again. If Shannon Messenger, like, had them go through all of that, and then Amy just forgets again, then what was the point of, like, showing Amy around the world, everything like that? It would have broken Amy's really
0: good at keeping the secret, too.
1: I know! For a child, how old is she? Like, 13? 10 at this point? Oh, 10? I thought she was older, but yeah. No,
0: she started, like, 8 or 9, I thought.
1: Okay, well then... However, 10, old 11, she is, 12 at
0: the most.
1: Yeah, well then however old she is, I can't- I couldn't keep, like, my sister's Christmas gifts a secret at age 10. Like, Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> like, the amount of kids I've accidentally told Santa isn't real to, just by a slip of the tongue.
0: Frankly, like,
1: What? I, gr- I was- my parents never- Told me about Santa. Santa was never a part of my life. I always knew he didn't exist. It was a Christian thing back when they were diehard Christians. It was a Christian thing. They wanted me to know everything came from God. So I never knew Santa, ever. So I would be five years old, and people would be telling me about Santa in front of other kids, and I would just have no mouth filter. And I'd be like, who is Santa? Well, Santa's not real. You mean the you mean Santa from the movies and TV shows? And then it would be panic,
0: mass panic. But I didn't know. Oh my know- gosh oh my gosh I-
1: <laughs> so the the fact that i was not them-
0: aware of this at I've all told you
1: about this before i feel like i, I don't think you have-, have
0: i don't remember this at all
1: <laughs> we had movies about santa like we'd watch like the all the santa movies all the rudolph movies but to us santa was like rudolph the red-nosed Dan- reindeer like He didn't exist. He was just a fictional character that you loved hearing the stories about and watching the movies about. So, yeah. So, but the point is, I, like, I couldn't keep many secrets. And here this kid is, like, keeping a whole person a secret. Keeping a whole person that used to be part of your family a secret and the new magical elf world that she lives in.
0: I know. It's insane. She's incredibly, like gifted at it honestly i'm gonna call uh, it a gift like yeah i could never it's like,
1: it's like when the pevensies come back from narnia and everyone's expecting them to be normal and it's like how how do you just like yeah be normal and the pevensies had each other to talk to at least poor amy just like has to use the scry ball or whatever it's called to talk to sophie every time she needs to like
0: i know oh my gosh i can't imagine the stress of Holding it in and like, if Amy did get a therapist, I wonder if she would tell the therapist.
1: And the therapist would highly consider like putting her on medication, but. (laughs) 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 But imagine you're you're just having dinner with like your family, like Amy's just having dinner with her mom and dad. And her mom and dad make a comment or something, and Amy's just like, "Oh, I remember when Sophie did that once. Like, it's so easy to slip. It would be so I easy know. to slip.
0: I know. Oh, uh, it I, me out just thinking about it, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I love their bond. It's uh, yes, it's so real. It just because it feels just so real. It everything does. that happens with it."
0: like, as two women with sisters, like, mm-hmm. it feels so real.
1: And it's so, I I can imagine, because you and I can relate on the sister level, you can relate on finding friends who feel like family, obviously, um, but there's really something for everyone in this series, whether that's you have a you have someone you consider a big brother. You have someone you consider like your parents who aren't your biological parents. Like there's a found family for every single type of relationship
0: in these books. And that's what I try to do in my series that I'm trying to get published, by the way. Yeah. There's the wacky uncle. There's the kids with a horrible family situation who are taken in and cared for. There's, you know, like yeah. and I have a blast writing it, and I hope I can do it as half as much justice as Shannon the Messenger does in this series.
1: My favorite thing about um my book that I've written is the fact that I have three different sisters in my book. Well, sisters, there's three of them, and they each have to find their own found family almost in the book. And I feel like the thing I'm most proud of is I feel like I've fleshed, I've managed to flesh them all out and give them all their own history with these people. And it's my favorite thing to do. Like you said,
0: it's, it's, it's so much fun <laughs> and it's and so it's heartwarming. So yeah. Like as Just, people who have experienced that on the friend end of finding a found family in your friends, like, mm-hmm. It's so rewarding to write that and give that example to for me younger readers because I'm writing a middle grade like keepers. I'm not what was I'm, that?
1: I just said because you said for me I'm writing for younger kids and I won't. I went. I am not.
0: <laughs> uh, Frankie likes older YA. I like middle grade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the differences are astounding.
0: Mine is like magical and whimsical and full of so much heart and hers is just brutality.
1: Mine's is mine is just oh that's dark. Oh that's dark. Oh, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Nope, nope, the light just extinguished again. The light's out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's oh, the difference. Goodness. But yeah. Which keeps some- balances the light in the dark really well and so much of that is through the characters and their found family of relationships. To tie it that back in is. to the main conversation that we're supposed to be having, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> no, it, it, she does it so well. These books are dark. These books are yeah. dark for middle grade. They're ex- they're extremely dark for middle grade. Like we've said, uh, compare it to gregor like dark. But because of the interaction she has with Grady, Eline, Sandor, who we haven't even talked about, who's becomes like an amazing big brother figure, like oh, because yes. of Because of these relationships, it's grounded and it is light again. It's lighthearted again.
0: Sophie's got everything. She's got the big brother. She's got the pesky little sister. She's got the wacky uncle in Elwin. She's got, you know. The eccentric (laughs) grandfather in Forkle. In Forkle, yeah. She's got it
1: all. And I love how Bianna found a sister in Sophie, too. Like, yes. And on this level, you can relate with this as well. Probably you with your sisters as well. Um, Sophie, as an older sister to Amy, is always going to feel a little bit like she needs to protect Amy. Or at least this is how I feel with Casey. You, You love them and you trust them, but you can never show them all of your vulnerabilities because they're the younger sibling and you want to take care of them. So finding a best friend like Biana, in this case for Sophie, who becomes... A sister and they're the same age as you it's a different experience because then you can be vulnerable with them on the same level you're not just looking out for them and protecting them like the vulnerability can come through more and it can be so powerful which is what I found with like you and Abby as opposed to like mm-hmm. my biological little sister who I'm always going to want to protect in some way
0: right yeah you don't have to protect me you don't care <laughs> <laughs> That's not the takeaway I took Miss. from that. That was really sweet. I'm just totally kidding.
1: Katie, you text me. You're just like, I'm going to go jump off a bridge. I'm like, have fun. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh,
0: goodness. That is our friendship in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm trying to think of
0: anyone we might have missed. Oh, my goodness. Um... Morella, to an extent, has to found, find found family with her situation with her mother.
1: Yeah. And she finds that multiple different places. She finds it in Stina. She has it in Sophie. In Dex. I actually think Dex and Morella have a lot of scenes that almost make it feel like they're closer than we even see on the pages. Yeah. Like, a lot of times it's Dex who goes to Morella. It's Dex who talks to Morella. It's Morella who will seek Dex out when she wants to talk to Sophie. Like, it feels like because of, before Sophie was even there, they were, they kind of had a bond from school, almost, you know what I'm and saying? And also,
0: their bond over feeling left out and left behind of the group.
1: Yeah, like, Dex and Mirella is one of my favorite, like, side friendships, almost, because we don't see much Agreed. of it, but what we do see from it, like, you really do feel like these are people who, like, trust each other in a weird way because... They grew up going to school together. They were in a similar friend group. Like, they understand each other. So, like, there's inherent trust in that. And I just kind of love
0: that. I love that, too. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Maruka and Wiley.
1: Yeah, who are actually related.
0: Who are but... actually related. But, you know, they have... In Legacy, we see that they have a very strong bond.
1: As yeah. cousins. And...
0: Or is it second cousins? I can't remember. It's something...
1: It's something like that, but I can't remember which one. They're
0: either first or second cousins. Yeah. I forget. They have a different last name, so.
1: Bronte's another grumpy grandfather we forgot to bring up for Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> another and O'Reilly, obviously,
0: just got, or Orlai just got very complicated.
1: Yeah, because she was like a mentor figure before we uh, found out. Yeah. Everything that happened. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> but that about sums it up, I think. Thank you so much for listening. Unless there's anything else you want to say, Frankie? I can't think of anyone
1: we've left out. I mean, we've mentioned Wiley and Tiergid and um Prentice and even them with Maruka. That's another point of note, how close they all are when it's technically an adopted situation, but yeah, besides that,
0: I don't I think- Honestly, I'm rooting for Maruka to be added to Team Valiant before Fifths. I don't see why she wouldn't be. <laughs> right?
1: Right? Narratively speaking. Narratively speaking.
0: She has a new ability to bring to the group.
1: Yeah. Flesh her out. It's not another telepath. And the Cognate thing doesn't matter that much. I'm sorry. No, I- it, it doesn't. Does. It just... <laughs>
0: We'll do a whole episode on Cognates, honestly, someday. It's just
1: going to be a rant. It's just going to be 20 minutes of us ranting about Cognates. But, um,
0: (laughs) yeah, I think that's it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, happy So Keep Shipping. Happy So Keep Shipping. Bye.